Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'm so excited about today's conversation. I got to interview the beautiful Tanessa Shears. Now, Tanessa is an expert when it comes to your health and being an entrepreneur. So she's an experienced health consultant who specializes in helping high achieving entrepreneurs completely overhaul their health so they can achieve massive breakthroughs in their personal and professional lives. She helps entrepreneurs scale their business by optimizing their health, focus and productivity with science and biohacking. Her passion is working closely with business owners to implement effective sleep, nutrition, workflow and stress management strategies to eliminate brain fog and help you get more done in eight hours than most people can get done in a week. Oh my God, this conversation was so much fun. I got to ask all the questions that I was even thinking about that I was like, oh, what could I be doing differently to really optimize my performance? And she shares the goods. Absolutely. So we talk about the number one thing you need to have in order to have more energy, how to get better sleep and why that's important, how to stay focused and energized in your day, understanding your own circadian rhythm and knowing your chronotype. This was so, so fascinating and ways to biohack your energy and focus for better productivity and how to empower your brain to elevate your success. Super fun episode. So let me introduce you to Tanessa Shears. The Next Level Life podcast by Christine Corcoran is for all heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to up-level their mindset, motivation, and business to make a positive and meaningful impact in the world today. So if you love what you do and want to hear from inspiring thought leaders and successful business owners where we have real conversations and real connections, then this is for you. I want to assist you in finding the clarity and awareness you need to up-level your mindset, and set your soul on fire to take massive aligned action in your business so you can take your life to the next level. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the Next Level Life podcast. I'm super excited about today's guest. We're going to be talking all about energy and biohacking your energy and productivity and being able to, you know, utilize different things within our lives to be able to have as much energy to be able to be focused and have an increased focus on our businesses. So thank you so much for joining me today, Tanessa. Hi, thank you for having me, Christine. It's my pleasure. I'm so excited to jump into this topic because I'm, I am so inspired by this. I'm always looking for new ways to biohack my energy, to either biohack my brain. I'm always sharing all these different tips and tricks on how to utilize your brain and understand how it works. So then we can have more focused attention on our businesses. So just to get started, can you tell us a little bit of backstory about how you got into this and what you do and how you help entrepreneurs? Yeah. So my name is Tanessa Shears and I'm a health consultant for entrepreneurs specifically. And I got into this honestly, completely by accident. I used to work as a lifeguard while I was paying my way through university and I had to teach swimming lessons for hours and hours on end. And I used to just freeze and shiver. And my supervisor came up to me one day and was like, Hey, would you be open to teaching the seniors aquafit class? If you don't have to teach so many swimming lessons, I was like, sure, sign me up. So in the process of becoming certified for that, I was like, this is so interesting. All of the stuff about the body and how it works. So literally that semester, I walked into my admissions office at my university and was like, switch my majors. I don't want to be a newscaster anymore. I want to learn all about the human body. So I graduated as a kinesiologist, but since then have opened my own uh, business back in 2014, in which it was just personal training at the time. And my clients, you know, were getting great results, but I can't stop learning. So I was like, what else can I learn? So I went out and got a designation uh, in nutrition and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Applied it with my clients that they got better results. So I continued that and I started adding in sleep and how to effectively manage our stress and biohacking. And my clients were getting better and better results. And there was one day where I like looked at them and I was like, everyone is an entrepreneur. What is going on here? How, what is this that's working so well? And they're like, well, Tanessa, I originally came to you because I wanted to get fit, but now I'm getting so much done in my days because I'm so energized and productive. And, you know, I'm not, you know, having to carry work over into family time. I'm not thinking about it all the time. I'm enjoying my life again. And it's just so much fun. That's why. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So that's when I kind of took a full shift into helping entrepreneurs really like manage their energy so that they can get done more in their day than some people do in a week, just because we know how to use a a well-organized, optimized brain. 
Mm, so good because it's all so connected and I think that often we see things very separate we think well that's our business and then this is our health over here and this is our family life over here but it's all so connected and I think that if you're disconnecting it you're losing the ability to actually work so much more effectively so there's so many things that you just dived into there that I really want to dive into a little bit deeper so where can we start should we start a little bit more with the brain and about that brain fog kind of piece because I feel like with a lot of entrepreneurs we're wanting to get the most out of it but often we can get so bogged down in not feeling like our head is on like I literally had a day of this yesterday and this is I guess like as much this podcast is as much for me as anybody else listening um I had a day of this yesterday where I was like why won't my brain get into a creative phase why won't my brain just switch on because I've got so much to do but it's not working so talk me through what are the effects that cause brain fog and how can we work through it yeah, brain fog is an interesting one because it's like one of those things that you can't walk into a doctor's office and they're going to be like, yes, you have brain fog. It's a collection <laughs> of symptoms. And it basically is that like what you described is just not being able to get into flow or get, you know, focused enough, easily distracted. Every time an email pings or someone walks in the door, you feel like you lose your train of thought. Another way of how it shows up is like, if you've ever gone to write an email and all of a sudden you're blanking on who you're supposed to be sending the email to, and you're just like, it's just you're starting to forget little things like that. And you just have that inability to really get, you know, focused and concentrate and stuff like that. And your just energy is low throughout the day or you're getting valleys and peaks and like that. So this is what I look at when I talk about the idea of brain fog. Now, something important to distinguish is, well, what's the difference between just being tired and brain fog? Well, tired is one of those things that you should wake up with the energy you need to get what you need done during the day and gradually you get a little more tired as the day goes on. And when it's time for bed, you are ready to fall asleep. Brain fog is tired you wake up with. And we look around at all of the other entrepreneurs in the space and our friends, and everyone seems to be waking up tired. So we just think it's normal. We don't ever question why waking up tired is something we just accept, right? So what this is, is it's actually looking at brain fog. And now we need to look at, okay, what the heck is causing all this brain fog? Mm. So what are some of the key things that cause it? Yeah. So I always like to talk, and I know we both talk about the idea of energy and being able to, you know, put that into your mindset work. Um, and specifically when it comes down to energy, we look at where are we leaking energy, right? What is all the, the energy that we're leaking that is actually causing this brain fog? And it comes down to inflammation in our body that is going unchecked. Now, when we hear inflammation, most of the time, we think of things like a sprained ankle where it's red or it's swollen, or, you know, it's really inflamed. Well, that happens in our body too, in our digestive tract. It happens in our, in our blood vessels. It can even happen in our brain. And that's when we're getting that. So we look around and we're like, where is all of this inflammation coming from? And it usually comes down when I work with my clients, one of three places is usually the source. It usually comes from poor quality sleep not just not enough sleep. That is also poor quality sleep, poor nutrition, meaning you're eating things that are causing your gut to become inflamed. And that's linked directly to brain fog, or it's coming from just chronic unmanaged stress. And this doesn't have to be emotional stress that we feel like sitting at our desk. This can just be underlying mental stress. And it can also be physical stress on our body. So we look at that and be like, okay, one of these three places is usually where I like to start because it hits it on the head most of the time. Mm, absolutely. Okay. So lots more than to dive into. So let's dive into sleep because I feel like this has been very common recently. I've had a couple of conversations with people and some of my clients with challenging to actually get to sleep. And like you were saying, it's very poor quality sleep. So what are some of the tips and tricks you'd share with someone to increase their ability to sleep well? Oh, I love that question because sleep is like the, I feel like it's the low hanging fruit. It's the easiest thing to change. We're already doing it anyways, just making it more effective, right? So when it comes down to that idea of having trouble to fall asleep, there's a couple things at play. We could either be looking at A, your hormones are not in sync with your bedtime or B, your cortisol levels are too high and you're thinking too much and you're not able to let work stay at work. So you're sitting there at night thinking about everything you have to do the next day, right? So yes. if we talk about it from a hormone standpoint to start with, there's actually a hormone called melatonin. Have you heard of melatonin? Yes. Yeah, most of us have. And if you haven't, it's basically just a hormone that tells your body like, hey, 
time to go to sleep. Everybody, let's go. It's time to go to sleep, go to bed. That's what the hormone of melatonin is specifically. Now, ideally, that hormone starts to rise as we get towards bedtime so that when we go to sleep, we can fall asleep and have quality sleep. Now, the problem is that hormone is very sensitive to different spectrums of light. And we've all heard all the rage about blue light, you know, don't screens before bed. And I know that we've all heard this because every entrepreneur that I work with, they say, I've heard that, but none of them are doing anything about it. So the interesting thing is, right? So the light that's coming from our devices, like our computer screens, phones, tablets, TVs, it has a blue spectrum of light in it. And specifically when that spectrum of light enters our eyes, it actually puts the brake on melatonin production. This can be hugely problematic because we're not gonna be able to fall asleep and stay asleep. There are three really easy things that we can do to help that. Number one is something, it's a set it and forget it. You think of this, we all have on our devices, blue light filters. You can set them up on a schedule instead of having to manually turn them on and off. I know on iPhone, it's called night shift. Um, On an Android, it's called blue light filter. And you can download apps for your computers called Flux, F-L-U-X. And you can download this and set it for a schedule. So my screens pull all the blue light out at about 7.30 p.m. every night. So my brain now sees all the blue light coming out and it thinks, oh, sunsets red colors, orange colors, and it knows that it's time to start producing more melatonin. So that is something easy, set it and forget it. You never need to think about it again. Second option, blue light blocking glasses, except we mostly see these clear blue light blocking glasses, which are super effective for reducing computer glare and just helping with, you know, a little bit of blue light blocking. But if we're talking about protecting our sleep quality, and producing proper amounts of melatonin, we actually need to be looking at the red lensed blue light blocking glasses. Because if you look at clear lenses, they only block about 10 to 15% of blue light. If you go to yellow orange lenses up towards 60 to 70%, but red lenses block 100%. And here's how you can tell. If you can look through your blue light blocking glasses and see the color blue or green, they're letting that color through. And that is what is stimulating our brain. So I always say, go on Amazon. I like, there's a company I use called True Dark. Go and investigate a pair of red lens glasses and put them on 60 minutes to 90 minutes before bed. That will really help your sleep quality. And the last tip, which I know is the hardest as entrepreneurs is setting boundaries with our technology. (laughs) I know it's really hard. And we're like, but that sales page just needs to be finished. And I totally get that. But that is like hand in hand with why we can't fall asleep at night is because we don't have boundaries in our lives, our work. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I didn't realize that about the blue and the red with the glasses. That's so, so interesting. And I, so it's so fascinating because I love to even think about it right to the thought of where we're anchoring different activities within our lives as well. So I love that you're considering the light piece and I I'm, I do that as well. Like I literally turn off the most lights in my house and I might have just the TV going or I'll have a nice salt lamp going that actually at the end of the day, so it's like seven o'clock, I'll start to switch all of that off. And so then I'm already preparing myself asleep and the other thing that I do as well is being being really careful on where you anchor what activities so your bed is designed for sleep it's not designed for work and I was having this conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago where she was had had an injury recently and so she was doing a lot of work from her bed and was sitting there with her computer in bed and then she healed and she, she was fine now but she starts she continued to do more work in her bed and I was like, and then she was struggling to sleep. And I was like, yeah, because your brain's wired to go, well, when I sit here and when I'm lying here, I work. So you're telling it to be switched on, right? And the same thing like with an office, I find that I, I work best if I've got an office that I can close the door on at the end of the day, where I literally finishing up my work and I close that office door and I head out into the lounge room or into the kitchen and know that that's my personal life because it can be so hard work, working from home, right? And I think that the last year has really sh- highlighted that for a lot of people. People really struggled to switch off because of the fact that work was in their home now. Yeah, absolutely. That whole idea of setting boundaries and overworking has really become prominent. And that's just why I've seen such like, even if you look at the um, Google trends for like things like brain fog and burnout, the trends for search terms for that have increased so much over 2020, because for some of us, our desks are in our kitchens or, you know, in our living rooms, or even if we do have just the ability to, you know, to step back into the office just quick, just to do a check, you know, it becomes 
really hard to maintain the integrity of those boundaries, especially when you're not mm. constantly checking in and making sure that you have them in place. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think like when it comes to sleep, it's probably the most important, right? Like if we're not getting a good night's sleep, we're starting on the back foot. Like then the, then the nutrition comes into play and all the other things come into play. But at the end of the day, like if you're not getting sleep, like pe- people need to function and sleep is where it first starts, right? Yeah, there's actually something super interesting that I found out about sleep that was like, this is what is going to separate the entrepreneurs that really lost the distance in their businesses versus not. So when you go to sleep at night, there's different things that happen to your brain, right? So when we first go to sleep, we experience the majority of our deep sleep earlier in the night. So when we go to deep sleep, the neat thing that happens is our brain consolidates a lot of memories. And we repair our muscles from any workouts. But what's really neat is our brain actually gets a bit of what we call like a bath with the fluid around your brain. And it washes off the proteins that actually contribute to dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff like that down the road. So this type of memory consolidation and all this happens during deep sleep. And it happens mostly at the beginning of the night. But the really cool thing is towards the end of the night, that's when our brains kind of switch into a higher ratio of dream sleep, which we know as REM or rapid eye movement dream sleep. I call this entrepreneurial gold. And when I work, like when I look at sleep logs and stuff like that, and the data from our sleep trackers, this is something I can identify as entrepreneurs who feel in flow and are easy to get into rhythm, have adequate dream sleep. So while we are dreaming, this is the things that are happening in our brain. We become better problem solvers and think we can think out of the box a lot better. We are able to read people's facial expressions better and their body language better. So if you're in the role of a consultant or a coach, it is imperative that we can read those subtle shifts when our clients start to retreat or lean in, or we can see them, you know, things, subtle things past yeah. their faces. What's going to make excellent coaches and consultants. The other thing that happens is During REM sleep, we learn how to manage our emotion. So for example, if you get negative feedback from a client or someone on Instagram goes into your DMs and is not very nice, our ability to respond in a way that's in integrity with our business is completely out of whack. So think about the last time you didn't have enough sleep and you felt so irritable and snappy. I don't want to be showing up in my business like that. I want to be creative. I want to solve great problems for my clients. I want to be able to be in touch with what's going on with them. And I sure as heck want to be in full control of my emotions when I show up the next day to my business. So I'm always looking at the quality of my sleep being an indicator of how I'm doing in my business. Now, if you know that deep sleep happens early in the night and dream sleep happens in the end of the night, this is where that whole argument about going to sleep at the same time and waking up at the same time holds true. That allows you your brain to get the full spectrum of quality sleep, deep and dream. So if you're constantly waking up all over the place, 5 a.m., 7 a.m., 6.30, 8, 10 on the weekends, what ends up happening is you are essentially cutting into the each end of your sleep. So if you wake up two hours early, it might just be two hours of sleep, but you've lost 50 to 60% of your dream sleep. And you can't get mm. that back by going to sleep earlier the next night. So one of the most brilliant and simple things you can do is regulate that sleep wake rhythm, also known as your circadian rhythm. Oh, so good. Oh my goodness. So much in that. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, we can go down so many different avenues. But I guess like my first question here is like, then there's so much research around how many hours we should be sleeping. What's the go? Like how, like, should we be sleeping six? Is it eight? Is it five? Like, what is it? Yeah. So research continuously shows it should be at least seven And then whether you get seven and a half or eight actually depends on something kind of fun called your chronotype. So I know just before we jumped on here, we were talking about the idea of chronotype and it is a fascinating field of study that is emerging right now and has a lot of research behind it, but it is essentially how your body individually responds to the clock. So if the idea of circadian rhythm is how your hormones, your blood pressure, your temperature, and all of that follows a 24 hour clock. Your chronotype is how you respond to that clock. So a good example is we all have heard of an early bird and we all have heard of a late night owl. So that's kind of a rudimentary idea of a chronotype, meaning some people are morning, some people are evening. This kind of evolved from that idea that like when we all lived in a cave, there needed to be some people who wanted to stay up at night and made sure everyone was safe while everyone else slept. And then when they got tired, there needed to be a group of people that woke up 
and watched over everyone's safety in the early morning hours. Well, that has actually continued to today. So that is why we have naturally early birds and natural evening. And there are so many things that, that relate to your chronotype or whether you are a morning or evening person. And those are things like when your workout should be done, when you are best able to get into deep flow easiest, when your light work should be, when you should eat your meals. So many things follow our individual chronotype. And if this is something you're like, I'm curious, I wonder what I am. There is a book that I read and it's wonderful. It's by Dr. Michael Bruce and it's called The Power of When. And it's how chronotype can essentially impact everything we do in our lives. So I use this to kind of help me cement my schedule. Like here's when I'm doing my client calls. Cause this is how my brain works. This is when I'm doing my deep work and writing my email copy. Cause this is when my brain works best, but he actually has a quiz on his website. I think a website might be the power of when quiz, and it'll tell you which of these four main chronotypes you fit into. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. We hear all about the 5am club. And how most successful entrepreneurs are up at 5 a.m. before the sun. There was even a book written about it. But if you look at the science behind it, 15 to 20% of the population are 5 a.m. risers. That, that chronotype the author calls lions. Yeah, 15, they're crazy 20, people. Yeah, that's me. I, I'm up at 5 to 5.15 every day. But here's the difference. I don't have an alarm clock to wake up at that time. My feet are on the floor, my eyes are wide open, and I'm working within half an hour because that is my chronotype. Now, if you had someone who had the chronotype of a wolf, which is the equivalent of a late night owl, and they tried to follow the early morning rhythm, what will happen is they will experience something called social jet lag. Their hormones, their body temperature, their brain function is not optimized at that time they follow more of a wake up at eight and go up to bed at midnight schedule. If they try to force themselves into an early morning rhythm, they will experience chronic brain fog, fatigue. They will feel like they can't, they can't make it work. They're always tired. They're always forgetting everything. They're behind all the time. It's just as simple of a switch as knowing how your body was designed to work. You can't outrun that. So there's nothing wrong with being a late night owl if that's how your brain is optimized. I think it's really about tuning into what is best for your productivity, your energy yeah. and your mindset, and then optimizing that. Absolutely. Cause we can, honestly, we get stuck in comparison enough. We don't need to be comparing ourselves to 5am people if we're not 5am people. So I'm loving that you've given me the permission to stay being a night out because I'm exactly what you just described. My brain does not work at 6am. I had someone reach out and say, I'd love to do coaching sessions at 6am. And I was like, uh, do you want a good coach? Cause that's not going to be at 6am. <laughs> So it's so key. And I find that that works, has worked best for me too, is actually deciding. Because the thing is, once you become an entrepreneur, you've got to step away from this thought of that it needs, still needs to be nine to five. You get to choose when you want to work and what's going to work best for you. So this is where this can come into play and really use it effectively because I, you're right. Like I can, if I'm getting up in the morning, the last thing I want to be doing is writing emails or writing copy or sales pages or anything like that. It's just not going to work. My brain's not going to function. And I just love that you've given me that permission to be able to then just go, you know what? I'm more of a night owl and that's cool for me. Yeah, well, it's exactly. And we are the exact opposite chronotypes. If we tried to follow each other's schedules, we probably wouldn't get much done. So when yeah. I always <laughs> say to my clients, like, get ready, you are going to get start getting more done in your days than you used to get done in multiple days, even a week. That is because when you tap into when your brain is supposed to be doing deep work and supposed to be doing your meetings and you as entrepreneurs, we usually have the, the freedom to arrange that schedule. If we're waking mm -hmm. up without alarm clocks, feeling a heck of a lot better, that shows up in our business, in our coaching, in our work, right? And that's what starts drawing people to us is because our energy, you can see it. We don't yeah. need to be chugging coffee all day to feel the way we want to feel. We just can show up feeling that way. It's so much fun. <laughs> and it's from a real, true, authentic place, right? And I just love that, that it's that authenticity of just like, this is me and this is how I work and this is cool. I don't have to do it any other way because someone else says so, which is awesome. So, um, okay, so you brought up coffee. I'm already on my second, possibly we'll have my third. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about the impact nutrition has on our ability to function really well. Yeah, well, coffee is an interesting one. If we start there, um, there is something specifically that coffee does to our brain, which can make it really hard to sleep. Now, I'm also saying I drink coffee as well, but if you can make small changes to the way you drink coffee, 
then it works a lot better for us. So the interesting thing about caffeine is it has something called a half-life of six hours, which means if you drink a cup of coffee and it has 200 milligrams of caffeine, six hours later, it has a hundred, half. And every six hours, that amount goes down by half. So if you are at, what did you say? It's almost 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. for you, 9.30, right? So this caffeine, you're gonna, half of it is still gonna be around at 3.30. 25% of it is still gonna be around at 9.30 tonight. Whoa. So what, yeah, and the crazy thing is 12% is around at three in the morning of what oh you just missed. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And then the way caffeine works is even cooler. So we have in our brain, we have these receptors and they are called adenosine receptors. You don't need to remember the name. That's just what they are. So normally during the day, those receptors fill up with adenosine and it makes feel sleepy. It's called our sleep drive. This is a good thing. This is why we feel sleepy at night and not first thing in the morning, hopefully. Now, when you drink caffeine, caffeine fits nicely into those little receptors in your brain and blocks adenosine from making you feel sleepy. That is why caffeine makes you feel wide awake. But the problem is if you are blocking those receptors all day long, your brain is not able to feel sleepy. So then you go to bed at night after probably most of us watching some TV, sitting on our phone, blue lights in our eyes, caffeine is still in our brain and we close our eyes and our brain's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have so much to do tomorrow. Did I answer those emails? Oh my gosh, did I get back to that person? What are we gonna do during that coaching call? Like that's what our brain does. And we wonder why. And it is because during the day we overstimulated our brain to the point where it cannot wind down and go to sleep so we end up having poor quality sleep. We wake up the next morning groggy and brain fog starts again. The yeah, cycle continues. It's a different, difficult cycle. And as you were saying that, like I've got a friend that actually has cups of coffee at like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I still sleep well. And I'm like, I do not believe that at all. <laughs> the fascinating thing is during caffeine, even the people that say we, I can sleep fine on caffeine. Yes, you might be able to fall asleep. But the thing is caffeine blocks deep sleep. It completely blocks it. So what that means is, you know, that bath we said your brain got to clear out all those metabolites that prevent long-term Alzheimer's dimensions like that, that doesn't happen. So you are essentially saying, I don't want to have the memories consolidated long-term. No, thank you. My muscles, I don't really mind if they don't recover that much. That's okay. And no brain bath for me. Even though I'm sleeping, it's almost more of just like you are, your eyes are closed and your brain is shut off but you're not getting the restorative benefits of sleep. And that can be cumulative over time. Yeah, and that can impact everything, right? From our ability to manage stress, our ability for our bodies to function. Like I know that when I'm not sleeping well, it affects my weight, right? Like there's so many different impacts that it can have on us and on the body. So I would love for you to dive more into the nutrition now, if you can. If there's any tips and tricks when it comes to nutrition, like what should we be kind of avoiding? What should we be focusing on when it comes to nutrition to help with our energy levels? Yeah. So one of the first things that I will always check with um, my clients is I will look at what they've been eating over the last bit. And then we will make assessments on something called glycemic variability. Fancy word. Does it, all it means is how your blood sugar fluctuates during a day. So blood sugar levels that are chronically high or fluctuating nonstop create inflammation in our body. We remember inflammation leads to brain fog. So that is something we want to eliminate, right? And if you think about what blood sugar is, if you've not heard that term before, when we eat, the food goes into our digestive tract, it gets broken down into little pieces and the carbohydrates specifically cross into the blood, make blood sugar. So we want to really start looking at our food and being like, okay, what is causing all of this fluctuation in blood sugar? And if you want to just keep it super rudimentary and simple, you look at your plate and you say, Everything on this plate, did it come from the ground or did it have a mother at some point? If we can't say yes to both of those questions or at least one of them, it's a processed food. Now, the processed foods are usually highest in our, you know, our trans fats and they're highest in, you know, our sugar and our flour and stuff like that, that really spikes up our blood sugar. So I always say, let's make the majority of our meal. We have our healthy fats which come from, you know, things like olive oil and salmon and eggs and nuts and seeds and all those good things, ton of vegetables and protein. We know this because this is the standard thing, but what we're really wanting to keep in check 
is how much of that processed food we're letting creep in. Because if we're eating meals every day, especially when we start our with high sugar, high flour meals, our blood sugar goes through the roof and we end up crashing with brain fog. I mean, how many of us have had a pasta lunch or dinner at one point needed a nap after? That Ooh, is yeah. that blood sugar. Yeah, it's the blood sugar rise and fall. So we need to protect our energy. And now this isn't to say don't eat sugar and flour because I do, but I'm smart with it in the way that I will not let that interfere with my work. So if we have joy meals or we go for a treat, it's on a Saturday or a Sunday because I need my brain Monday to Friday. I need it sharp and I need it focused. I need it clear. So during those days, I keep my foods, whole foods only. Mm, so good. And I think that, you know, we don't have to overcomplicate it, right? Like it can just be as simple as that. I love that how you've really nutted it out to be like simple as, does it come from the ground? Does it have a mother? <laughs> so simple. Yeah. And I promise this will be my last coffee for the day. <laughs> awesome. So let's explore stress management because I feel like this is something that a lot of people really struggle with and it can impact our sleep. It can impact so many other areas. So talk us through what you see with your clients in regards to when they come to you with stress, like what's causing the stress, what's happening there. Most of the time when I see clients that I work with and they're coming in with stress, it usually presents as either they are not able to get the amount of work that they wanted to get done during the day. So they either have to extend work hours, two to three hours more than they wanted, and they're working into family time, or they are able to shut down. Their brains don't let them slow down and enjoy and be present. And they're just literally, all they can do is think about everything. And then they go to bed and they're still thinking about everything. They wake up, anxiety starts, day starts. And that's usually how it it's presenting. So what is fundamental to know here is that I feel that a lot of the advice that is given around self-care is slightly inaccurate. Like we're told like, oh, read a book, have a bubble bath, you know, go for a walk. These are all things that should help theoretically. But what we need to know is when you look at what's actually going on in the brain, more the speed of brain waves and less the activity, or, you know, you're writing your emails. Our brain is in a state called beta. Beta is just a certain frequency of brain waves. That's all that is. And when we are in flow or concentrating, our brain is in beta. It's working, it's producing, it's what makes us entrepreneurs. Now, we need to have contrast in our life with beta. And most of us only contrast it with high beta, which is anxiety and overwhelm and stress. But there is this whole other state that exists called alpha. So I want you to think about when you're just sitting there watching your favorite rom-com movie. And I just give that as an example because it's light. You don't need to think. It's not like Inception or something you really need to think about and follow. It's light. It's fun. There's a loose attachment to it. You feel relaxed. That is the type of brainwave we need to seek because that is what is responsible for those feelings of ease and calm and recovery. And it doesn't have to do with the activity. So a really good way to exemplify this is the thought of reading. Reading is supposed to be relaxing, right? Well, I don't know about you. Every time I read personal development books, I have a highlighter and a pen and I'm like, yes, this is my post on Instagram tomorrow. This is my newsletter. How can I teach this to my clients? This is life-changing. Like that's where my brain goes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That is beta activity through and through, right? So we want to be able to read and do alpha. So that is actually why before bed, I pick up a romance novel, something light and fun, because I want my brain to be able to huh, relax into something instead of being thinking about thinking. So it's about that contrast. And one of the ways that I teach my clients to do that is through a cognitive load detox. It is intentionally giving your time to slip into alpha brain waves and focus on one thing at a time. So here's what I mean. We all go for a walk to relax and we listen to a podcast, right? We do laundry and we're listening to a movie or a YouTube video in the background. We are driving and listening to like, we can't do one thing at a time anymore. We have lost the art of just reading. I was coaching a client the other day and I was noticing her, her sleep stats from her aura ring that I monitor all their stats and see, you know, how their brain is acting during the night. And I was looking at it. I was like, your deep sleep is disrupted. You are not winding down. What's going on. You're reading before bed. And she's like, yeah, I'm listening to an audiobook though. I was like, so I'm curious when you're listening to your audiobook before bed, what are you doing? Are you just sitting there in the dark, staring at the wall? She goes, Oh no, I'm playing online chess. And I was like, <laughs> 
It's like, but this is what I mean though. Our brains have an inability to be in one place. And I said, I just want you to listen to the audiobook this week. And she was so uncomfortable about the idea of just having to just sit there and listen to an audiobook. Like, what do you mean? Can I fold laundry? Can I do something else? But our brains never get a chance yeah. to do one thing at a time. Play with your dogs or your kids. Cook dinner. Have a shower. Take your makeup off. You know, all of these things where our brain has that chance to relax. But we need to be productive and fill it with 40 other things. And we wonder why we can't relax. So right. that is what and I see most often. <laughs> it's such an obsession, isn't it? That we constantly have to be using every minute of the day of this fiddle with all these things. Like you always have to be working. And it's almost like this need to prove that we're working hard enough or all that. Just, yeah, I totally understand that. And it's so fascinating because it's like, I was saying to someone the other day, like, what if you just went for a walk but didn't have anything in your ears? Like, what about, like, no music? And she was like, what do you mean? <laughs> the similar situation. And I was like, there's sometimes where I know that my brain is so overloaded that it's literally like I can't put any more in. I've got to stop consuming and allow just what's there to be processed and just mm. allow whatever thoughts to come and just give it white noise or, or space, right? So sometimes I'll just go for a walk with no podcast on, no audio at all. So I'm just listening to the sound of my feet on the ground, right? And it's just in a really beautiful space for your brain to fully process. And I'm the same with when it comes to like theta and being able to get into that, those alpha phases as well, because I stopped watching anything like dramatic, scary movies or anything like that, because our brain doesn't know the difference between real and imaginary. So just the way that you're, if you're watching a scary movie or action filled movie, your adrenaline is pumping and your cortisol levels are rising and you're activating that part of your body to be ready to run or ready to fight and you, you're sitting on the couch and you may not think that this is necessarily impacting you, but it is, right? It's impacting your body. It's impacting your brain. And when we're doing that, our brain's like, well, I must be ready. Like I've got to get ready. So it's pumping that adrenaline even more and not allowing you to relax. So I'm always like rom-com, you know, lots of friends episodes or Grey's Anatomy where you can just like fully chill and I'm not actually using my brain. And now sometimes, yes, I'll be on my phone. I'm not going to lie. I am human, but there's definitely some times where I'm just literally like, I've just got to have nothing. Like I've got to stop consuming and just allow my brain just to function and just process what's already there to find that calm. I think it's so important. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's a really good example too, of just our, our inability to even watch TV. I'm guilty of it too but just always being distracted with, with everything. But you know what, one of the interesting things is sometimes I find that sometimes I meet entrepreneurs and they've been in beta so long that they forget what it feels like to feel alpha, like just yeah. have that relaxed brainwave. So I actually stumbled across an app, which I use and recommend all the time. It's called brain FM. So Ooh, essentially, that. yeah, essentially what it is, is it has music that has some kind of patent note bot algorithm in it and it's different from binaural beats which are really popular in which it plays two different tones in the ears and really tries to help uh, invite your brain into a certain wave but I always like to think of brain fm specifically it's like having a remote control and there's four different channels on this remote control there is uh, focus which is beta there is alpha which is relax there is meditate which is theta and there is deep sleep, which is Delta. And the way that this music is, is it invites your brain to sync its own brain waves with the music. And the music for the relaxed track specifically is in alpha wave frequency. And it's not anything you can hear. It just sounds like normal music. But for my clients that are like, I honestly don't even, what do you mean sit there and watch a TV show without my phone? Like what, play chess and my audiobook? What are you talking about? So I'll actually have them listen to this for 10 minutes and watch and feel and notice what happens in their body as a way of replicating that in real life. It is like, here's what this feels like. This is a, a, what you want to achieve. It gives them a very specific target. And entrepreneurs love targets. We love our goals. And if I say, feel like this, notice the speed of your thoughts, notice the quality. Are they loud? Are they quiet? Or do they feel big, small? Is it pictures? Like we're really looking into that. What state is your body in an alpha? Now go replicate that with a real world activity. Mm, that's so good, right? You've got to practice what you want to experience, right? And I think that's so key. What a great activity. Um, I'd love to ask you, so when it comes to distraction, so 
I've used in the past, like things like when I know that I really want to have focused attention and be able to really get some work done, I'll actually put on like a YouTube video, which is concentrated study music. So it's designed to obviously get your head into beta to be able to function really well. Um, so, and then there's other times where I'll look like use sleep tracks to obviously get to sleep at night as well to help me relax, um, you know, and get into that deeper sleep. Is there anything else that you would suggest? Like, do you agree with those types of things? Is there anything else you'd suggest in order to help with the focus or the relax? Um, I honestly think that it comes down to your chronotype and your circadian rhythm again. So for example, as me being the early morning, the lion, that's what my chronotype is called. My brain does its best organizing at 6 a.m. I then do my deep work between eight, 10. My brain is crystal clear. If I try to sit down and write newsletters at 2 p.m., no chance. So that is when actually, according to all the research around chronotypes, my chronotype is geared for light conversational energy. So when do I schedule my client calls? Noon to 6 p.m. Because that is when I am in light work and my brain can do that. If I switch those around, I would be wasting the way my brain is designed to work in the wrong category. So in terms of getting into focus easier, it is understanding when, and that'll depend on your chronotype. And it's not like it's a science, like it's only this time, but it's looking at, okay, well, what if just for two weeks, I did this type of work at this time and this type of work at this time, notice, pay attention, how much you get done? how do you feel doing it? How's your cognition, your alertness, your energy, and then flip it for two weeks. One will feel backwards. And then when you find mm. out which is the right one, start shifting it around a little bit. Oh, what if I started an hour earlier or an hour later? And it does take attention and practice. But the thing is, if I'm trying to write my emails in the afternoon, I might get through two or three in a two hour block. Whereas in the morning I've clocked in, I've written six newsletters in an autoresponder sequence in two hours. Like it's a massive difference. So if you can, that's what I mean by getting more done during your time and focusing better. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree. Love it. Amazing. Okay. Is there anything else in particular that you love when it comes to like biohacking for our energy and brain optimization that we haven't mentioned just yet? Hmm. Biohacking for brain energy. Not honestly, one of the best things that you can do, and this is especially important if you missed your bedtime or you woke up in a time that wasn't in line with your circadian rhythm, go outside and stand in the daylight. It is also something that is a long lost art of getting outside <laughs> in the sunshine. I mean, it's always person dependent, but the amount of time we spend sitting, the sun is a fascinating thing in terms of allowing the right type of light to enter in our eyes because it resets your circadian rhythm. So if you are waking up groggy and tired, go spend 15 minutes outside in the sun and watch how that resets everything, right? And then beyond that, like if you have the opportunity to get out in nature, the amount of research that has been done around the idea of forest bathing, as an example of just getting under the trees, even in just recovery from you know surgeries and dealing with chronic stress, it really brings you back down and it's scientific you know, evidence that is showing how much being in nature really affects our idea, our ability to be present and lower inflammation levels. So that one, go outside in the sun. And if you have the time for it, put your toes in the sand, go walk in the forest, like take that half an hour out of your week, just to start there, something small. Mm, love that. So important. Honestly, it's like some days I'll be working like flat out for three days and then realize, oh, I haven't been outside. What is going on? And you feel so different when you do that. So yeah, I love that. Um, but isn't it fascinating that we've had to come up with a term called forest bathing? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a, Jap a Japanese term. Actually, I was just reading about it. It's called Shinrin Yoku. I probably butchered the saying of that, but that's a Japanese term for like being one with nature and re recovering and stuff like that. But I like forest bathing. It sounds biohacky. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Actually, I'd love to ask you a little bit more about your business journey as well. So yeah. this is such a fascinating space to be in. And I feel like sometimes people might, you know, look at a business and go, well, it has to be a certain way. But I love how you've brought in different elements of what you are fascinated by in order to really help your clients in a really unique way. So tell me, what's something that along your journey that you feel like you've helped, sorry, that has helped you in order to be a lot more focused and energized in your business? 
a lot more focused. And I, well, I think the first thing, it was kind of the accident, how I fell into the whole sleep thing. And it was because when I got pregnant, I decided I was going to be the fittest pregnant lady that has ever graced the planet, but little did, so I went out and got a fit track my steps. Right. But little did I know that I was going to develop a condition with my hips and I couldn't walk more than 2000 steps a day, but I started tracking my sleep with my Fitbit. And that opened my eyes because I always thought I got eight hours of sleep per night, meaning like I clocked out at 11 and woke up at seven. It's eight hours of sleep, right? Not knowing that your brain naturally spends a lot of time awake every night. Like the average sleep data of an entrepreneur I look with, they're, they're awake an hour to an hour 15 at night. Most of us mm. are. So if you're only allowing for eight hours of sleep, you're awake for an hour 15 a night, even if you're not recognizing it, you're sleep deprived. You're at six hours, 45 minutes. So beyond that, investing that little bit into the tech to help me see, like our brains don't have a printout when we wake up in the morning. That was like, excellent. You hit your dream sleep, your deep sleep. Not so much. You could probably brush up a bit on your sleep duration. Look how much you were awake last night. Like that doesn't happen. Right? So I love to invest just a minimal amount in technology to help me kind of see. It's kind of like the equivalent of um, wanting to go shopping with the credit card, but having no idea what the limit is and having no idea what's in your bank account. I mean, you could guess, but after a couple of years, you'd really have no idea what was going on, even if you were going to get declined with your credit card. So I find that the Fitbit is the same way. It's like online banking. It lets you see what's in the account and what's going on as is this Fitbit. That's what I use the Fitbit inspire. I love it. It's basic. It's simple and it's super cheap. And I feel like it is one of the best investments you can make as an entrepreneur, just in knowing what's going on in your brain. And there are so many other options. Like I also own an Ura ring, which tracks everything in way more detail, but in terms of my energy and focus, it is taking, I guess, accountability and responsibility for how I'm treating my brain at night and relating that to my business growth. And that has been instrumental in the growth over the last couple of years. Mm. Isn't it fascinating how it's all so related? Like I find that there's times when, you know, I'll be so into my fitness and I'll be at the gym really regularly, really eating really well. And then like business skyrockets and then you're just like, oh my God. And then what is it about? What do you find is, is it about human beings that we find a good thing and it works for a while and then we fall off the wagon? I think it's because we just start, I think it starts a lot smaller than that too. You know, we just start doing something small, like, oh, well, look at this. It also works if I only go to the gym this many times a week. And then you're like, oh, it's just a stressful week. I hear this one all the time. You don't understand. I'm running a challenge in my Facebook group right now. It's just a week. It's going to be over. But in the meantime, like you've created so much sleep debt during that week that you spend weeks catching up. You know what I mean? And I think it's just that idea that like, oh, just after this is over, it'll be fine. This is just temporary. And I think we tell ourselves that instead of just being accountable, that the, th the time we put into our health, it doesn't take time. It gives us time. Like I have a client I'm working with right now. And when she started with me, she honest to God, she came in sleeping two to three hours a night. She was running two very big tech companies and she came in exhausted all the time. And I told her like, we need to get you sleeping more. She goes, no, I, you don't understand. I don't have time. So we are 10 weeks into our work together now. And she is sleeping seven and a half to eight hours a night and getting the same amount of stuff done. So when I say that taking that time to sleep, it does not take your time. You buy it back in productivity and efficiency with your thinking during the day. Like I just talked to her, I talked to her today and she was like, I don't understand. Even if I said to her, do you know that I am taking you are taking five hours out of your work day every day and getting the same amount done. She goes, that makes me anxious even to think about that, <laughs> but it's happening. And she is rested. Now we're working on her nutrition and other stuff now, but do you know what a significant impact that makes on her life? And not everyone is sleeping two to three hours a night, but five to six hours a night is also clinically sleep deprived. Mm. And you may not feel like you notice the difference, but I can promise you that it is showing up in your business in one form or another. Yeah. So how did she notice that she had an issue? Uh, with her sleep in general? Yeah. That made her reach out, out for you. I think she kind of reached that point, you know, when you just, she's just running on empty and you know, she, it's fascinating. She was eating one meal a day and it was ramen at 4 PM. And oh she's like, I'm not, I'm, she's like, I'm not hungry. I'm just, this is not, this is not working for me anymore. I I'm get the worst PMS pains. My energy's all over the place and I'm not stressed out though, but I'm just, I can tell I'm about to hit that wall. 
And I always encourage people, like, it doesn't have to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, it can just be, why am I waking up tired all the time? Why can't I shut my business off in my brain? Why am I always choosing foods that are just happen to be in the fridge or convenient instead of what I know is good for me? Why am I well, choosing? To... <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many of those things, like anytime you're asking yourself that question, that is so much further ahead than you need to be to start changing things. You can start now and it can be just as little as getting enough quality sleep. It doesn't take time. It buys it back. I love that, Tanessa. It's such a beautiful way to look at it. Honestly, like that, that's going to be <laughs> your tagline, I feel. It's going to be yeah. get to buy it back. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So for people who are kind of, you know, not even necessarily at that point, but they know that they need to do a bit more work on this, what should we focus on? Where should we go? Oh, sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. It is the number one place to go. And if like, honestly, the simplest thing that I tell people, go to sleep and wake up at the same time for three weeks in a row you know, given where we are in this pandemic right now, the most of us, we don't have a lot of a social life anyways, for the most part, it is a great time to try it out. And if we're not at the time you're listening to this, I promise it's worth it anyways. But three weeks is how long I have found with clients that it takes to be like, ah, oh, this is good. I like this. And it is hard. It is hard, but so is growing a business and we're all doing it and we're doing it well. We've yeah. done hard things, except this has an amazing payoff too. It's not Absolutely. just something you're doing to check the box. It actually helps your business growth. It's not something. I, the other thing I always say is like, as on, we're so busy, we only need to be focusing on the things that we get more energy out of than we put into. Putting mm. two hours in sleep will buy you back more than that two hours. So it's always that exchange. How much energy am I getting out for what I'm putting in? We always have to be on the energy out part of the scale in order to make it worth it. Amazing. So good. So share with us, how can people find you? How can people work with you? Yeah. So if you want to hang out with me and come talk on Instagram, I love answering questions on there. I'm at Tanessa Shears, but beyond that, like, if you're just like, this is neat, I want to dive deeper. I have a podcast called becoming limitless, which takes, if you think about today's conversation, we've had at like a hundred different talking points and ideas, I go deep on each one of them, which is kind of fun. Um, so that's something that's definitely there as a resource. But the funnest thing is I've actually created what's called an entrepreneur's playbook because I looked at my clients and I was like, hmm, what are the 12 biohacks that are getting them the most energy? And I put them in a PDF and I call it 12 ways to biohack your energy. And the whole point is that it can help you get on feet on the floor in the morning and get started. And that's at tanessashears.com slash energy. And it's a PDF with my 12 best biohacks that are your best place and your simplest place to start. Amazing. I'm going to go download it straight away and send it to all of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all this with me, Tanessa. It's been such a joy chatting with you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been fun. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode, so please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.